G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Coming up today, Pastor Greg Laurie and author Don Stewart discuss the hard questions non-believers often ask. What about the person who says, well, I believe that Jesus Christ was a great moral teacher, but, you know, I don't necessarily believe that he's the only way to God. Yeah, but Jesus claimed to be God the Son, the one way to get to the true God. And so you can't have Jesus a great teacher. A great teacher would not lie about who he is. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's really true. This is the day when the lost are found. have aha moments. You know, something might puzzle you and then, aha, you discover the answer. Now we can have an aha moment thumbing through a dictionary or a news article. We might watch a documentary or a how-to video. But when a non-believer asks a tough question about faith, instead of offering them an aha moment, they sometimes get an uh-oh moment. Well, help is on the way from Pastor Greg Laurie and his scholarly friend and apologist, Don Stewart. Let's give a warm harvest welcome to Don Stewart. Hey, Don. Hey, Greg. So, Don, have you ever been asked a question you, like, did not know the answer to? Yeah. In fact, every question I was ever asked, Greg, the first time I was asked, I didn't know the answer. And so what I said, I don't know, but I'll find out. So the next time they ask it, I knew the answer. Oh, yeah. All the time. One early years. And don't let people tell you because you don't know the answer on the spot. And that one second is, oh, that's it. Christianity falls down. No, (laughs) not at all. And so people have thought that and said that. But no, I don't know the answer, but I'll find it out. Yeah, that's right. Should we still quote the Bible if people say they don't believe the Bible? Well, yeah, the power is in the Word of God there. You really should, because there's something about the words of Scripture penetrating deep in the heart, doesn't it? It just gets you. And so that's why we want people to read the Bible, to hear the Bible, and that's why we ought to memorize the Bible and be able to quote it when we can. Yeah, because God says, my word will not return void. It will prosper in the place where I send it. And it's alive and powerful. And, you know, I think the key to effective communication and sharing our faith is, you know, the role of apologetics to me is to maybe remove a barrier that's stopping a good conversation from happening. You address the question, but the ultimate thing, like I've said before, is not to win the argument, it's to win the soul. So the power of the gospel is in the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want to beat a quick path to that. Answer the question to the best of my ability. If I don't have the answer, say, that's a great question. I'm going to get back to you on that. I'm going to talk to my pastor or call Don Stewart or find a book with an answer. Talk to someone who's more mature in the faith. But let me come back to what I do know and let me tell you about Jesus. Exactly. 
wouldn't you say? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you do. And you said it right, Greg. What, what we do in apologetic is remove roadblocks and yeah. doubts because we all have been taught things. You can't trust the Bible. Jesus maybe yeah. never existed. We don't know much about him. Evolution is true or, you know, if uh, God is evil, if he does exist. And so by answering these questions, what we want the person to do is see Christ on the cross with no roadblocks in the way and realize that he died for them yeah. and make a decision for Christ. It's not to win an argument, not to prove how smart we are, but it's to bring them to the cross of Christ. That is the reason we do what we do. You know, when Jesus spoke with the woman at the well, she got off in a debate about where God should yep. be worshiped, right? And you know, the Samaritans believe this and you Jews believe that. And Jesus did address the issue, but then he came back to the main issue. And I think what we want to try to do is avoid rabbit trails that yep. take us too far off and especially avoid things like political debates. Uh, that, my objective is not to win a political argument. It's to show them their need for Jesus Christ. Those are secondary issues to me. I want to get to the main message of who Jesus is and, and what he promised and how to come into a relationship with him. Right. What about the person who says, well, I believe that Jesus Christ was a great man, maybe the greatest man who ever lived. He was a great moral teacher and a guru or a prophet, uh, et cetera. But, you know, I don't necessarily believe that he's the only way to God. But, you know, if you found fulfillment through Christianity and your religion, that's fine. But, but I'm finding up my own way. But I don't think Jesus is anyone special. Yeah, but Jesus claimed to be more than a mere man. He right. claimed to be God the Son, the one way to get to the true God. He either was or he was not. If he was not, he was either a liar, knowing he wasn't the one way to get to the one God and said it anyway, or he's a lunatic, thinking he was the yeah. one way to get to the one God, but it wasn't. Right. And so you can't have Jesus as a great teacher. A great teacher yeah. would not lie about who he is and himself and claim to be God. It just doesn't work that way. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's really true. So let, let's shift gears to uh, other questions outside of just non-believers asking. Here's one that someone asked. Do you believe we will be raptured soon? And what is soon? And many say now we will go through the great tribulation period. Uh, possible. Let's explain terms. Rapture is a word used in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, which talks about a generation of Christians that will be caught up. That's mm -hmm. the word rapture, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. As they're caught up, they will be changed from mortal to immortal. Right before mm -hmm. that happens, the dead in Christ rise first. Those who have died, their bodies in the grave, spirits with the Lord, they will be joined together and will all be you know, completed uh, at that time. First Thessalonians 4.18 says, comfort one another with these mm -hmm. words. That's an event that's talked about in the New Testament. First Thessalonians 4.13 to 18, 1 Corinthians 15.51 to 58, and John 14.1 to 3 all talks about this, about Jesus coming for his own. Now, the timing of that, and if it happens soon, it could, but we don't know. We don't know. But Greg, you know, here's the thing. Um, we need to live every day as though it were our last. In yeah. fact, John Wesley, I think it was John Wesley, once told a group of young preachers, preach every sermon as though it will be your last, and one yeah. day you'll be right. You know, so yeah. what you do, you live each day that way because you don't know. You don't know. If, none of us are promised tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, James says our life is like a vapor, like a puff of smoke, just here and gone. Yeah. And so whether it happens in our generation, we're going to see the Lord one way or another anyway. Right. And so... But while we're here, the time of waiting is a time of working, not standing on the launch pad ready to blast right. off in some white outfit, but yeah. getting out and preaching the gospel. That's right. That's getting out and preaching the gospel. That's the operative phrase there. Uh, you know, Martin Luther said, I'm paraphrasing, there are two days in my life. There's this day and that day. Mm -hmm. And basically the day before me that God has given, and then that day, the day of the Lord. 
listening to Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, as he shares a fast-paced discussion today with Don Stewart about the subjects and questions that catch believers off guard while sharing their faith. Today's presentation is one of the most requested by our listeners in the last year. Let's do a lightning round. I'll just give you a term and give me a really brief explanation of it. Okay, so you define the rapture. Come back to it again. The rapture is what? The catching up of living believers to meet the Lord. And they will be changed, transformed as they're caught up. What is the Great Tribulation period? It's called the 70th week of Daniel or the time of Jacob's trouble. It is a seven-year period where the wrath of God hits those upon the earth. Okay, who is the Antichrist? The Antichrist is the final Antichrist. Many Antichrists have come, according to 1 John 2.18. The final one will be um, a Gentile world ruler. He's called the first beast of Revelation chapter 13. He'll be a world ruler. His cohort, the false prophet, will have everyone worship him. What was the best Beatles song? Uh, Hey Jude. What? I said, hey Jude. That's your answer? Yeah. The best Beatles song was hey Jude. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. What was the worst Beatles song? The Ballad of John and Yoko. <laughs> some people here don't know what we're talking about. Some do. Yeah. I just like to throw little things in when we talk. Okay, back to end times events. Okay. The 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses, no, right? No, 12,000 no? of each of the 12 tribes of okay. Israel. They're mentioned for us, who they are. Okay, the second coming. Distinguish the second coming from the rapture. Yeah, the rapture is always a time of joy and blessedness for believers. The second coming is a time of judgment where mm-hmm. God comes to earth and judges True. the believers. This is when Christ comes to earth to set up his kingdom upon the earth. Now, the good news, you and I, those who know Christ, are going to come with him, and we're going to rule with him. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's right. yeah. What's the Battle of Armageddon? Armageddon's more of a campaign, a final war, which meets at the plain of Megiddo, which is in the Israel, and moves towards Jerusalem. And it's kind of the final battle as the Lord intervenes at that time, rescues the Jewish people. At that time, actually turned to faith in Christ as the Messiah. And uh, he comes back then and clobbers the enemies, the Antichrist, destroys him false prophet and sets up his kingdom. The millennium, what is that? Millennium, the Latin word for thousand, mean a thousand year reign of Christ on the earth, which will happen after his second coming. We believe in a literal millennium. Some people don't, mm-hmm. that it's symbolic. We believe there's to be a literal thousand years that Christ will reign as an intermediate kingdom before eternity begins. What is the new Jerusalem? New Jerusalem is great. That's Revelation 21, 1 to 5, the city that comes down from heaven where you and I will live in, probably one of the greatest passages in all the Bible is Revelation 21, 1 to 5, where it talks about the new Jerusalem coming down. God will dwell with us. We will be his people. He will be our God. He will wipe away all tears. Uh, There'll be no more pain, no more crying. The former things have passed away, and we'll be with him forever and ever and ever. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Why do you have so many cats? Well, I like cats. How many cats do you have? Right now, six. Well, we have a dog, too. Do you drive a Prius? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, no, no. What are the names of all your cats? Okay, we have uh, Vanilla, the one you like. <laughs> well, you do. I do, I like vanilla. vanilla. likes your book. He sent me a picture of Vanilla, like, what was Vanilla, vanilla doing? Vanilla was curled up with your book. Vanilla, vanilla liked your book. And she curled up on it, and we took a picture of it and sent it to Greg. Look, Has Vanilla ever heard me preach? Because I've said some bad things about cats. No, vanilla, Vanilla's forgiven you. Uh, but she's very picky who she likes, and well, she likes you. I'm honored. Say hello to Vanilla okay, for me. I do, we do. And then we have another cat called Chai, who is there's no guile in Chai. Why would you name a cat Chai? I didn't. My oldest daughter did. Okay. Who else? Well, we got Mama Cat, and yeah. Mama Cat's kind of the big one. They had, yeah. had the other ones. Coco, the black cat that always talks. Coco is funny. Yeah. And then Scrubby. 
It's got a half mustache, kind of like that. I want, to, I want to scrub it off. That's what we yeah. named it. Scrubby. Scrubby. And then there was Belle. Belle's the last cat. That's my daughter. My other daughter, Kelsey, I picked out Belle. Okay, so we say, oh, the gospel. Preach the gospel. Share the gospel. The gospel, the gospel. In a nutshell, what is the gospel? I need to know because I'm an evangelist and I have to preach it soon. So tell me so I have the answer to yeah, this question. Well, yeah, let's, let's hope you do before you get out there. Now, this is something all of us need to be able to do. Yeah. And it's very simple. God created the human race perfect. Because of the sin of their first parents, Adam and Eve, the world is imperfect. It's not, again, this is not the world God created. But to bring humankind back to God, God the Son, 2,000 years ago, became a human being. He died for the sins of the world. He died in our place so we could know him in a personal way. He rose from the dead, proving he was the one whom he claimed to be. He ascended into heaven, and someday he's going to come back and join the living and the dead. But the gospel very simply is, Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 3. And so the message that Greg preaches so well, and that all of us hopefully are doing too, is that there is a God, there is one way to get to the one God, and the gospel says Jesus Christ is the answer for all of us, not just our answer, your answer too. And that's the gospel in a nutshell. That's right. Amen. So what happens to a non-believer if they die without Jesus Christ. Yeah, Luke 16 actually tells us what happened. There's two people that died, a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. The rich man did not know the Lord, and he went to this place in the realm of the dead where he was conscious. He was still aware of who he was, where he was. He was in a place of torment, a place of, of punishment, and he realized, Greg, that he knew who he was, he knew where he was, he knew why he was there, and he knew that uh, he didn't want anybody else to go there either. And that right. tells us, Luke 16, verse 19, about to verse 30, what happens to the unbeliever yeah. when they die. It's a place, a temporary place of punishment waiting for the final judgment, Revelation 20, 11 to 15, when the great white throne judgment takes place. So once you die, th there's no other chances after death. No, that's it. That's why we need to share the gospel. I mean, here's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, the bottom line of the gospel is if you believe in Jesus... Your sin is forgiven and you can go to heaven when you die and you will not go to hell. That's the big message. All the other wonderful things we talk about, the peace and joy and purpose, those are wonderful things. But the bottom line is that. And so someone is listening right now and they say, okay, I want to believe the gospel. I want to know that I'll go to heaven when I die. What do they need to do? Real simple. They just need to say a simple prayer or something like this. God, if you're God... And Jesus Christ, if you're the Son of God, then right this moment, the best way that I know how, I want to trust you as Savior. And Greg, you know, God accepts that. Uh, remember the criminal next to Jesus on the cross just said, remember me. The Lord knows the heart. It's not the yeah. position of the body so yeah. much as the position of the heart. The Lord knows your heart. Yeah. And you don't have to use flowery words. You just say, I want to know Jesus. Yeah. Something along that line. It's real simple, isn't it? It really is. You know, the day I became a Christian... I really understood so little of what I was doing. But, but I knew this. I believed what I heard about Jesus Christ. I wanted to know Jesus Christ. And so I prayed this prayer. And, and you know, I think we way overcomplicate this thing. And, and, and it's not as hard as we think it is. And it's not as hard to share the gospel as we think it is. And you know more than you think you do. You know, I think a lot of times folks say, well, I, I just don't know that much. You know a lot. If you come to church and you listen, you read your Bible, you have a lot of information stored in your mind. And the key is that the Holy Spirit can take these things that we've read 
and he can bring them to our memory in a supernatural way, can't he? Yeah, he sure can. And Greg, you're right. You know, when I came to Christ, I was in an audience like this, and I saw people like this that had something I didn't have. Yeah. I just, you know, during the service, I said, God, I want whatever they got. Yeah. That was my prayer to come to Christ. And it's it's very simple. It, you know, a child can do it. Yeah. And, a, and Jesus said, allow the little children to come to me for such the kingdom of heaven. We make it difficult. But God's made it so simple that anybody can do it. Very true. And Don, we are glad you responded to the gospel and that you're serving the Lord and helping all of us. So let's thank Don Stewart. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Don. So we're we're gonna close on prayer right now, and I want to extend an invitation because there might be someone that has joined us who isn't sure if they're going to heaven. You know, we've been talking about how to talk to non-believers, and you're a non-believer, and we, in effect, have been talking right to you. So we want you to leave here knowing your sin is forgiven, leaving here knowing that you have a relationship with God, and that can happen by you saying yes to Jesus. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. He's with us right now. He's standing at the door of your heart, and he is knocking, and he is saying, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Would you like that to happen for you? It can happen just like it happened for Don 150 years ago. And like it happened for me 100. 10 years after you. Yeah, that's right. Actually, we both came to Christ the same year, did we not? 1970 for me. 1970 was a good year for Don and me. So many of you weren't even born then, but that's when Don and I became Christians. And we're very glad of it. And uh, so we're praying that this is your night if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart yet, into your life yet. Let's do that together and respond to this invitation I'll give you now as we pray. Father, thank you for this time to look at your word and, and to find answers from scripture. And I pray for any person here, any person listening or watching wherever they might be, Lord, help them to see their need for Jesus and help them to come to you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, today's a great day to do that. And Pastor Greg Laurie would like to help you right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, If you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin and I turn from it now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed with Pastor Greg and were sincere, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. 
The Bible says Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd love to send you some materials to help you begin a new life. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-00-5011. Well, next time, Pastor Greg continues our series of top 10 most requested messages from the past year as he presents a message called God's Plan for Sex and Marriage. Join us same time tomorrow on A New Beginning. If you'd like a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Greg Laurie and Don Stewart on the Hard Questions. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.